Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Our first scripture reading for this fifth Sunday in Lent is Mark 10, 17 to 23. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Our second scripture reading is from Luke 21, 1 through 4. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As a child, he grew up in power and prominence. He never spent a day in his life wondering how he would eat. He also never imagined a future where he would struggle to find influence. He was destined for greatness. He knew it, other people knew it, and he thanked God for it. He thanked God because that's how he was taught. He was taught to to live with great morality. As sure-headed as he was about his future, he was even more so clear-headed about his morality. Since a child, he could actually say he never once broke one of the commandments. The problem with this young man is, is actually that he achieved everything he sought for. He got everything he dreamed of. And at a young age, he acquired such great wealth that he was a ruler in this area of Judea. And daily, he would listen to people's problems. He would see people struggle. And privately and secretly, he would pray the prayer, Thank you, God, that I'm not like one of them. Yet in the midst of this full life, there was a nagging sense that something was missing. He began to listen to people in that area, the people that he was thankful that he was not like. He began hearing them tell stories about a man named Jesus. And they were all trying to figure out who he was. Was he uh, just a miracle worker? Was he just a teacher? Was he a, a prophet brought back to life? Or maybe, just maybe, 
Was Jesus the Savior they were hoping for and waiting for? Then one day, word spread in this town that that Jesus was coming to his town, the town of this rich young ruler. And this man got dressed in his finest clothes that he had. And when he saw Jesus at the distance, he ran towards him and fell down at Jesus' feet with great humility. And there he said to Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he watched Jesus' face with a mixture of confusion, but also distaste. This question was actually quite telling. Jesus was kind of nagged at a couple words, what must I do? But this man was focused on himself. He was focused on his own achievements, what he was doing to, uh, to show his morality. What must I do? But furthermore, Jesus was confused by this word inherit. What is eternal life a commodity to inherit, to acquire, to earn, or to possess? For Jesus, his view of eternal life is that eternal life actually possesses you. It claims you, not the other way around. And in one second, Jesus saw this man's heart. It was afflicted with materialism. It was riddled with moralism. And Jesus was used to people running to him with their disease, with their issues, with their problem, with their needs. But this man was doing something different. What he was bringing to Jesus was not that, but he was bringing his own goodness to Jesus. And then Jesus said, well, if you want to inherit eternal life, if this is something that you want to do, you know the law. And Jesus shared the law with him. And and he said, teacher, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. This rich young ruler brought to Jesus what he thought would be the ticket to Jesus' approval. This man expected Jesus to respond with affirmation, delight. The kingdom is close to someone like him. Everybody stop and look, for he is close to the kingdom. Blessed are the self-sufficient. Blessed are the clean. Blessed are the put together. But instead, Jesus noticed this. Jesus looked at him and loved him. He didn't despise him. He didn't shame him. He didn't call him a spoiled brat. Jesus loved him, but he also, in love, he said the most challenging word he could to him. He said this, one thing you lack. This man never lacked anything. He had all he ever wanted, but Jesus says this unfamiliar phrase, you are still lacking one thing with all of your possessions, with all your wealth. You're missing out on something. And Jesus says these harsh words. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. This man who came with Jesus, arms full with morality and materialism, he lacked one thing. And that one thing that Jesus saw was a full surrender to God. He lacked the ability to be needy, to come open-handed to a Savior, to be willing to be poor so that you could receive only what God can give. 
And Jesus, perhaps, he saw this man, and he wanted this man to be freed not only from his sin, but he also wanted to be set free from the worth that he held in his goodness. We might think it's our sin and our regret and our shame that hold us back from God, but what Jesus saw in this man, it was his damnable goodness that was holding him back from being set free. So Jesus says, leave it all behind. Leave it, sell it, give it away to the poor, and then come follow me. And so he looks down the ground. This man feels his clothes, his fine clothes against his neck. He looks down at his ring and thinks about the power and position he had in the community. And with one final glance at Jesus, he gets up, he dusts off his knees, breathes a deep breath of air, puffs out his chest again, and walks away with dignity on the surface, but despair in his soul. Jesus was asking too much. He was, he was asking too much. For him to give away everything, he would have to find a new identity. It would, like being, it would be like being born again. This was too much. So on the way home, this rich young ruler passed by a widow. She wasn't noticed by him or many other people in their community. He was left by her husband years before without much money, without much provision. And because of this, this widow was vulnerable. She was exposed. She was easily overlooked and easily neglected. And this woman, this woman quietly lived her life in dependence upon God. Every day she had to learn to look for God's provision. And God never let her down. He gave, he gave her just enough to get through this day. No more, no less. It was almost as if God was trying to teach her something. That maybe the safest place for anyone to live is an utter dependence on God. And everything you have as plan A is actually a, a hindrance from experiencing the richness of knowing a father who can provide everything that you need. She had a relationship with God that others didn't understand because they didn't need him as much as she did. It was almost as if God was showing off to her every single day providing for her. God knew her needs and loved to take care of her. And one day Jesus brought his disciples to the temple, and they, they, they sat at this point where they could see the whole temple on this day. And it was busy. It was loud. It was loud with the sounds of people coming in with their sacrifices, with people greeting one another. It was just this. This is where the community was gathering on this day. And in this temple, there were six, 13 boxes there were 13 boxes that were created so people could drop in their offering. But they were unique in the fact that they, they were created so that they almost had a trumpet at the very top of it. They were created with a very specific purpose, to amplify the sound of when someone gave money. The more money they gave, the louder the sound. The less money they gave, the quieter the sound. And on this day, in this busy temple, this Rich young ruler walks in. Everyone stops and greets him. 
as he makes his way to the treasure, he gathers his many coins, which was represented a small fraction of the surplus in his life. And he grabs it and he slowly drops it in this box. It was much like the, the opposite of a, a slot machine when it goes off. And when he drops it in, it made such a commotion that conversation ceased. People looking around, what, who, who was that that gave so much? Conversation ceased. People turning around, and there was the rich young ruler there, soaking in the approval of others. And the disciples, they nudged each other at this noise. Wow. They were amazed. They were astonished. But Jesus kept his eyes on him with this loving gaze. And then conversation picked back up, and he walked away. And quietly in the shadows of this temple, in walked in this widow. No one stopped her. No one greeted her. No one gave her respect. She just quietly went there to pray, to worship, and to give. And as she hobbles her way through the temple, while everything else is busy, Jesus scoots to the edge of his seat, and his eyes widen, and a grin breaks out in the corners of his mouth. The disciples notice the anticipation that Jesus had, and they were looking around, what in the world is he looking at? But then this widow reaches into her purse and grabs two copper coins, the smallest currency that was possible in that day. Not only were they just two coins, but they were her only coins. That was it. And before she dropped these coins in the box, Jesus closes his eyes to hear something that no one else was listening to, the soft sound of these two coins hitting the box. Ping, ping. No one stops. No one turns aside. The room continued as it was. No one notices but Jesus, and he savored that sound. That was the sound of pure worship. It was the sound of love. It was the sound of gratitude. And then Jesus turns to his disciples and says, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. She gave out of her poverty. She gave lovingly. She gave with great faith. She gave everything. These two stories, these two people, they come to us today and they challenge us. We live in a world that admires uh, the life of the rich young ruler. We dreamed to be like him. We aren't taught to be like this widow. This doesn't come naturally in our society. We praise the morally put together, people who know God's law and you could say, I have done it right. Yet God looks for people who know that they are sick and need a doctor. People who know that their successes in life cannot provide what their souls need, which is a savior. We strive to be financially sheltered. We're not vulnerable. People who won't need a handout or a hand up Yet God delights in people who have learned the freedom in being needy before God and others. We long to be people who can trim off from our abundance and give in our wealth, but God loves it when people give out of their po poverty, even two copper coins. 
He loves it when people, even in their wealth, are fully surrendered to God, open-handed. These two characters come to us today and they beg us the question, who do you want to be? Who would you prefer to be? What is your life telling you that you're aspiring to be? Even today, are you coming in with arms full of morality and goodness? Feel like, almost like you have, feel like you have to earn God's approval, like he's some distant father or mother whose, whose reception of you is one trophy away? Or are you coming in this place like this widow? Everything I have is yours. I'd rather be in dependence on you than been fine on my own. This is a story about worship. It's a story about living open-handed. It's about a story about living with generosity. The problem for this rich young ruler wasn't necessarily his money. The problem was that his wealth was his security. It was his identity. It was his worth. He couldn't leave it behind. And this man needed to learn the life of the widow, to live in constant dependent on God. And the surprise is this. There's no better place to be than in constant dependence on God. There's no better place to be than vulnerable for God's provision. And the same is true for us today. We, too, might lack one thing. Jesus might be looking at us and going, looking at us with love, remember, going, ah, oh, if only they would learn to surrender all of themselves to me. If only they could be open-handed with everything I provided for them. This widow also gives us the example in worship that when you worship and give out of your poverty, there's something unique about that because it's faith. It's a worship in faith. And it's made me wonder, how can our community of great wealth Worship Jesus in our own poverty. And I know some people in here go, oh, I, I, I want to push back on the idea of that we have wealth, that we are wealthy. Not all of us are wealthy here, Mark. The reality is that all of us could look up the ladder of success and acquisition and go, they're wealthy, not me. We have the comparison before us of this widow. And what did she leave this temple with? Nothing. There are people in this world who live with such vulnerability that for us, if we have a little, that little feels like wealth. So again, it makes me wonder, what do we, as a community of people with wealth, what does it mean for us to give in our poverty? Well, I think there's poverty of all, all sorts in our life. And there's other experiences of poverty. Perhaps you feel poor in time. Maybe you feel like you're you're your schedule is, is, is exhausted, stretched thin. What does it mean that God wants you to give of your time? What does it mean to be fully present when you have your agenda set and someone tries to stop you and you are giving of your time? Perhaps you feel like you're poor in Bible knowledge. Maybe you're brand new to this faith thing. Maybe you're brand new to following Jesus. And you think, well, God wants to... Use other people who have a wealth of knowledge, who have a wealth of experience, not me. I just got just these two little copper coins of faith. And maybe Jesus is saying, you're exactly who I'm looking for. Give of your poverty. 
Maybe you feel poor in influence. Maybe today you're poor in hope. Maybe you feel poor in courage. Maybe, maybe perhaps this widow is teaching us that gifts of our poverty are used by God in beautiful and profound ways that God is looking for people to give in their poverty. Ultimately, Jesus, he showed us what poverty can do in this world. Jesus did not come, he did not choose to come in worldly power. He did not come like the rich young ruler. He did not come with great position. He came and he chose the way of poverty. He chose that life. He emptied himself. And he showed us that what a life that is fully surrendered to God could actually do, what it can look like in this world. And when Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice of his life on the cross, it was as misunderstood as, and overlooked as this widow's copper coins. She, Jesus was stripped of everything in that moment. He was made vulnerable so that when he said the words, it is finished, it might have rang out on deaf ears of people surrounding the cross that day. When he declared it is finished, people misunderstood it. They didn't hear it the way that perhaps his father, sitting on the edge of his seat, he and all of heaven, they heard that. And with somber love, the father knew that people like you and I could be changed forever because of that sacrifice. So friends, who do you identify with today? Who do you aspire to be today? If you identify with this widow, you just need to remember something that Jesus said. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The poor in spirit. So if you feel poor in spirit today, place yourself in Christ's hands and follow him. If you identify with a ruler, if you come to worship today with hands full of materialism and moralism, if you're white-knuckled on your accomplishments, you might hear Jesus say, eternal life is not something to acquire, it's not something to inherit, it's not something you do. It is given to the empty-handed. That's the prerequisite. It is given to the empty-handed who know that there is nowhere else to go for a Savior. There's nowhere else to go to receive grace and mercy Whatever you think that you have done to earn God's favor, to earn a seat around this table, today's your day to let it go, to leave it behind. Get needy before the banquet of God's mercy. Get acquainted with Jesus' provision and experience a richness this world cannot describe. God wants you to come open-handed because he has so much to give you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this table, what it reminds us of. We thank you for the gift that it is. We thank you, God, that you choose the, the lowly things in this world to be used for your glory. You choose the small things to change this world. And I think many of us in this room can feel small. We feel like our faith is small. We feel like our regrets in life are big, our sorrow is big. Our shame might feel big. And we just have a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope in that you can take us and transform us and make us new. So Jesus, as we, as we come to this table, I pray that you would do some work in us, even now in this moment, that in this moment of prayer, that we would be honest before you. 
So friends, I want to lead us in a little bit of time of prayer. Uh, For those in this room who feel like you have to come to God, your hands full of your achievements, your successes, your moral standing, you feel like grace is something you have to earn, just we encourage you right now just to go to God and release it. Let, Let your goodness fall. Come to God open hand. Perhaps this morning you you just know you're white knuckled. You you're white knuckled over your future, you're trying to control it, or maybe you're white knuckled over your achievements, your wealth your possessions. Maybe God's saying to you today, it's time to open up your hands. It's time time to be set free of what you feel like you've accumulated in life. Ask for courage and strength to open up your hands and to surrender. Finally, you might feel like this widow who maybe you feel overlooked, you feel vulnerable. What your offering is today is really, really small in comparison. Maybe you need the faith and courage to to lay it at Christ's feet, to, to know of his delight, to know of his love. So ask for wisdom and courage to do that. Jesus, we thank you that your look upon this rich young ruler and this widow were the same. It was a look of love. It's not something we've earned. It's not something we deserve. It's something that you choose to be. You choose to be loving in our life. I pray, God, we would understand that and see that. It would set us free. And even now as we come around this table this morning, I pray that this would be an experience of your grace. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.